Welcome to Sister Saving Sisters podcast, conversations that heal, impacting lives through conversations that heal the soul, sharing my personal cancer journey as I dig deep and unpack experiences rarely talked about. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Robinson. Let's pull up and talk. No matter how you feel, maybe you Hello, hello, hello. This is your host, Dr. Nicole Robinson. Let me just start with greeting you properly wherever you are in the universe, in the world. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Joining me again is my phenomenal co-host. Hey. Hey. Simone. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening to everyone. Yay. Your term is delicious. Mm -hmm. I am so excited about this delicious topic Mm -hmm. we're about to have. Mm -hmm. And this topic is an extension to our premiere episode, Suffering in Silence. We're going to talk about today some safe coping when you're suffering in silence. Yeah. What do you think about that? That's delicious. Yeah. I think people do what they need to do at the time that they do it in order to make it through what we call suffering. Suffering in silence or telling others that you're suffering, you got to figure out how to get through it. So, most people cope. We utilize safe coping and unsafe coping. And so, the idea is to not harm people by saying, You really shouldn't be doing that. Because most of the time, people know that. They know what they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. You want to figure out in a loving way how to encourage them to turn unsafe coping into safe coping? And then how do you then take it from coping to Mm -hmm. self-care? Because there's a difference. And I think people don't understand that there's a specific difference between self-care and safe coping. And you know what? So when I say this is a delicious topic, because when I think about self-coping and myself, I think about sometimes how when we are so head in and our traumas and our issues and our situations, we can begin to cope, like you say, unhealthy. And sometimes it's like Mm self-medicating, right? mm -hmm. So can you just help me identify if we've gone off the rails a little bit and tell me in the audience, like, what can we do to cope? Yeah. So I will say this. One of the things we have to do is change our mindset about how we cope with a lack of understanding for why I might cope with a really harsh diagnosis, scary, or a divorce or loss of a loved one. It's traumatic. And so there's things that are happening internally in the body, cellular memory, fear, doubt, uncertainty in my prognosis, uncertainty in my health and future. How do I decide what's best for my family members at this time? So it feels like pressure. Lots of pressure. Pressure. And in a pressure cooker, in a pressure situation where you feel like you don't have much of an outlet, because again, we might not have set up self-care for ourselves. This threw us off of our life track, our life's journey. A diagnosis of breast cancer can throw you off. And so in order to hold on to some sense of normalcy, we tend to cope 
however we can, however we can. And that can mean lots of things, positively and not so positive, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people indulge in things they never would have indulged in before. Some people increase negative behaviors or habits. Some people choose new things like overeating or working out at the gym six hours a day, every day of the week, right? Yeah. And some might say that that's safe coping. And for many, it's unsafe. People grab on to what makes sense to them in the moment, and that is okay. What you want to do is understand the longevity of that. And so we know that self-care practices help to build up our reserve for the long run as we move through life and as we deal with stressful situations. But coping strategies, they're designed to simply tide us over. That's it. Coping allows us to deal with difficulties in the short term, while self-care is something that we maintain over a long term or a lifespan, right? Where we integrate new behaviors and new habits and things that help us to feel better. Coping generally plays an important role in a time of crisis. Absolutely. In my time of crisis, I coped by doing this. But they also can contribute to draining us over time because they might not have been the safest, most healthiest choice for us. We chose it then because that's all we knew to do. But over time, they could generally drain us and they usually involve covering up painful emotions that we don't want to deal with. Oh man, the cover-up, the cover-up. Let's talk about the cover-up. It's important to discuss the cover-up Yeah, because that's (laughs) why we safe cope. That's why we unsafely cope. We cannot deal We cannot deal with the emotions associated with what traumatic event happened to us. We cannot deal with it in the moment. That's okay. So we reach and we grab for something that's going to help us deal with that new information, that new situation, that thing that happened to us. Coping generally at times can take our mind off the triggering event. When the doctor sat you down, right? While consistently it numbs out your thoughts and feelings, and that in the end can be disastrous. We go numb for a minute, and that's okay because, again, that's how we cope. Yes. Right? Yes. We cope like that for a while until it no longer works. We have to figure out a way to process our emotions. We have to get through it. So there's a breaking point to numbing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't do it always. You can't do it forever. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's a way of coping, but is it safe? Probably at some point it is. Is it Mm -hmm. safe to do it forever? Most likely not. You're never really facing your true emotions. Wow. That's not safe. At any given moment, something else could come up. And because we don't have the tools necessary and the self-care plan necessary, then we're just adding on more explosive emotions that we're not dealing with. We just add to it and it becomes Mm -hmm. overwhelming where we no longer even value the same things in life we used to. We don't look forward to the same things. We don't experience joy and love and connection the same way because we blocked other emotions. Yeah. You can block pain, anger, sadness, depression. But generally, you're probably blocking some other parts. The reason that I can enjoy perhaps 
being happy is because I've also dealt with being unhappy. Yes. All of our emotions are on a spectrum. Sure. So I know what happiness means to me because I've been unhappy. I know what peace means to me because I've had moments where I didn't have peace. I know despair and sadness so I can better understand my sister who was diagnosed with breast cancer. I didn't have the same diagnosis, but I do understand the emotion of despair making me available. Oh, my. (laughs) Tapping into those emotions are important. And so when you cope, what you're trying to do is avoid. Oh, wow. And that's okay. As humans, that's okay. It's okay to avoid. It's not a punishment. It's not a negative thing. It's not wrong. You're not wrong. You just want to make sure you know I'm coping this way right now because this is all I have. And when I get the fortitude or the time or my mind right or clear enough to sit down and understand the value in self-care, I'll do that. But right now, this is how I cope. Hey, you know what? I can think about when I was initially diagnosed, not even when I was diagnosed with stage four, but my initial diagnosis. And I went into that mode where my coping was to shut everything out, mm-hmm. right? I didn't mm-hmm. even deal with, I was had just being diagnosed. Everything shut down. I didn't deal with it. I think we talked about it in our first mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. until after the fact. And I know at the time, I guess unconsciously, I didn't know it was something that, it was like a fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was in that mode. It was just all about, hey, I want to live. So yes. I was trying to put the diagnosis on the shelf mm-hmm. and just focus on living, just living. So that's how you coped. That is very important to share with the audience that that is how you coped. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yes. There's nothing wrong with it. The wonderful thing about the human body and how we're created is that we have to do that for our central nervous system. We have to figure out sometimes how to shelve things because I can't deal with it, right? So some of us get extremely busy. When my mom passed away and I went through a divorce, I worked four or five jobs. I was busy serving in the community (laughs) because I needed to be busy. I never slept. And I mean, (laughs) never. My kids could testify like, this lady, I think she stands all night. (laughs) I didn't even require sleep. It's how I coped in that time until that didn't work anymore. You have to transfer it. It doesn't work anymore. I might have tried another way to cope and another way to cope and another way. And then I said, "Mm, none of this is feeling good. It stops feeling okay. Wow. Because guess what? We cope in order to quiet the emotions that are rising. Absolutely. Right? But pretty soon they're so loud. The emotions get so loud that you have to address them. They tap you on the back. They wake you up. They put you to sleep. They're at the dinner table. They're with your partner. They're involved in your relationships with your family. Yes. Those emotions are between two women, two coworkers, people driving down the street. They are spilling out. Yes. And so generally that's when we get a call like, I need to schedule some self-care, something. Can I come to therapy every month? Yeah. Can I go to the gym every Wednesday? Can I have a sister circle on Fridays? Yeah, absolutely. Can I read my Bible or join a book club? 
self-care has got to be incorporated. I got to address these emotions. And so you want to have some go-to self-care because the emotions are coming and you're facing them dead on. You're looking directly at them because they tap, they wake you up. Yes. They don't allow you to sleep or eat without them. They've taken over. So can I ask you this question then? So how do patients, survivor women, how do we avoid unhealthy coping practices? Mm, That's a difficult one. It's hard. One of the things you can do to listeners who have been diagnosed and those that haven't, Mm -hmm. to those that have family and friends that they love that are interested in this specific podcast, develop a self-care plan now. You don't have to wait till you have a diagnosis or traumatic event. Of course. Build your reserve now. Just like I got a couple pairs of black pumps because some feel yes. better and some are shiny and some have a <laughs> strap around the ankle. We got reserve of blouses and books and perfumes. Yes. But we think it's impossible to have a list of self-care activities. It's very important that you pre-plan if given the opportunity, but if not, that's okay. Don't punish yourself. Let's do it right now. In the right now, let's establish some self-care routines now, plan, something that you can go to and you know it's available. If it's gardening, get out there in that dirt. Yeah. Get it. Absolutely. I love to send cards. I love receiving cards, but I like to send them. So I purchase a lot of cards. My kids laugh. And I purchase them and sometimes I don't send them, but I always have them available because I would like to send Dr. (laughs) Nicole a nice card of kind words and encouragement. Yeah. Because yes, I'm encouraging her, but it makes me feel good. Wait, do I hear a self-care? Do I hear a self-care card selection in here for you? I think maybe so. Maybe we could, hey, let's do that. Clearly. He speaks. (laughs) I heard. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like It's very important that you value yourself. One of the things we need to understand is that I can't just say I value myself and work myself to the bone. I can't value myself and not take care of myself. Where do my values rest? What are my values? Family, right? Is it success? Do I value that? Do I value intelligence? Do I value education? Do I value spirituality? Do I value living in a place where the earth is clean and pure and we take care of the earth? Because if I value those things and my action, my ING words, how I move, that's where the source is, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about, is that helping me to prioritize my healing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Your healing is not on the back burner to your job or your Ah. family obligations or meeting deadline, or to looking as if nothing can bother you. Because I think for a lot of us, we get caught up in some form of perfection, like receiving a diagnosis like this is going to not shake or break me, so let me keep my routine. How about you give yourself a nice hug? Mm. How about you sit down and take care of yourself? And figure out a plan now of how am I going to love on myself with this new information. Celebrating. Celebrating me. What does that feel like? I will make my doctor's appointments. I will 
find a therapist to help me process this, right? Yes. I will do yes. some coping because that is needed as well. Yes. Right? Yes. Maybe I can deal with the fact that I just found this out, but maybe I cannot deal with the doctor introducing me to some really tough cancer treatments. Oh, wow. And maybe that part is bothering me. And so in order to, to make it through that, I got to just cope some kind of way. I got my self-care plan, but I'm also doing some coping because that's a little too much for me right now. Yeah. They can go hand in hand. They can be together. You don't have to be either or, but you must understand the difference between the two. Okay. Coping is often temporary. Self-care is designed for the long haul, for the reserve, for when we're running low on gas. I can look on my calendar and say, yeah, but I got a massage appointment on Tuesday. Sure. Uh -huh. I have lunch scheduled with Nicole on Wednesday because I created a plan. Mm -hmm. I don't have to always reach for the quick safe coping or unsafe coping because I have a plan. Because, <laughs> you know, we live in that microwave society. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just really thinking about this. So, so is it like creating, and I'm just thinking about this, is it like creating positive addictions? Mm, how about that? That's beautiful. That's delicious. I love how you say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Positive addictions. Mm -hmm. Be positively addicted to taking care of yourself. Exactly. Show others how you value yourself. Exactly. Show yourself, most importantly, I value me. And I value me because this is how I practice self-care. I cannot be an excellent partner, mother, friend to others. I can't be self-compassionate in the way that I need to be without practicing self-compassion on myself. I can't share compassion with you and empathy with you. And people think that they can. But if I'm burnt out and not dealing with my emotions, how am I encouraging you to take care of yourself? It's bananas. We do that all the time. It's bananas. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be better off as an example to you. If I show you that I value myself, you can then say, well, man, I'm going to try that too. Yeah. Exactly. I could be looking in a mirror, looking at you and see how mm. you value and celebrate yourself. That only encourages me and others on what I need to be doing for myself. Absolutely. Be the example. And I thank you. Mm -hmm. Look, I thank you, sister. <laughs> thank you. I thank you. you, sister. It's always good. This is amazing. I know we're like getting ready to wind down in our conversation and it's been delicious in talking about <laughs> coping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's all about, I like that, create positive addictions. Yes. If we could leave that with the audience today, create that plan like you mentioned. A plan. You've got to have a plan. Action plan. Absolutely. So is it anything you want to leave with the audience before we get mm. ready to close it out today? Mm -mm. I think we said it. I love positive addictions. I love the fact that we're understanding that we're worthy. If anything, I think we could wrap up this conversation by talking and discussing briefly your self-worth. Do you believe that you're worthy and you're deserving of a self-care plan? Wow. Or do you want to continue to keep coping and not really dealing with the emotions that are there anyway, whether we face them or not, they're present. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I believe self-worth is the way to go. And you are worthy. You are worthy of the time that it takes to sit back and create a plan so that you can be a healthier you. Yes. It's important. 
Hey, this has been a beautiful conversation. I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes because I want to leave with the audience the affirmation that's saying that you are worthy. Mm-hmm. I am worthy. I am worthy. Mm-hmm. I am worthy. So audience, that's your affirmation that we need to practice knowing and just caring for yourself, knowing that you are worthy, knowing your worth. And hey, we thank you for joining us today in our conversations that heal. Thank you for pulling up and talking with us today. And we'd like to see you and come back and join us again in our next podcast episode. My sister, Simone, thank yes, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been thank a you joy. for this conversation, yes, this anytime. healing conversation. Hey, thank you so much. Join us again, audience. Sister Saving Sisters podcast, Conversations That Heal. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Subscribe or follow us in your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay encouraged.